Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 332 of the AFTN podcast. I am the Andy Bernard of the preview show, Joe DC. Mm-hmm. I'm Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, no argument here. And no one, no one jumped to my defense. Uh, I'm joined. I'm joined by the Jim Halpert of AFTN. It's Peter Hicken. Oh, that's a compliment. Yeah. All right. And I think we all know where this is going. It's the Dwight Schrute of, of the White <laughs> yeah. Caps landscape. Pretty much. It's Nicholas Ruprecht. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty Hello, much. gentlemen. Um, international break. That was fun. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed that game. Yeah. Yeah. No penalties against the White, Cap this, White Caps this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> opening question What is your creative to so- solution to stop the White Caps from giving away a penalty a game? Nicholas. Um, I'm going to suggest a very illegal maneuver, but buying off the refs. I okay. think that might, you know, we might get some... It falls under the CONCACAF umbrella. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it's a risky... <laughs> but I've got, I've got more CONCACAF, and that is foul them just anywhere outside the box. <laughs> it, it'll definitely stop them from giving away a penalty, yeah. but they'll go a man down... Pretty quick. <laughs> um, my solution is um, I saw it on a Scandinavian TV show once. Shock collars. Mm. Not just for the Whitecaps defenders, but for the opposition team and the referee. Because oh. the referee f- has been at fault for at least two of the penalties that the Whitecaps have conceded this season. So just shock everyone when something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. just Give it to everybody. And you can't say it won't be entertaining. Yeah. yeah. You two were at the, the Canadian men's national team game on the weekend. How mm-hmm. was that? You guys had fun? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it, you know, I liked the, uh, whose goal was that? Uh, Jonathan David's goal? Okay. Oh, yeah, that David's was, goal was good. Hoylet's that was goal really was good. Hoylet's goal yeah. was also really good. Yeah, yeah. Hoylet's goal with the little, I'm going to throw in off the back. Yeah. yeah. And then trickery. And then I like David's goal because I think, if I remember correctly, it started in our own corner. Mm-hmm. No one Canadian, and then they passed it out. I mean, I would imagine that's what the white caps are. I, I like that. Like, yeah, it was right in the middle, and then he just like I think it was. It might have been Hoylet. Uh, he just chipped it over, and then he just got to run it. And I like yeah. that he kind of had to like a stutter and waited to see what the goalie did, and then he shot. Yeah, yeah. Hoylet was, was really, really composed, really good. Mm-hmm. Cardiff, Cardiff's finest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good result, and now they're in the Gold Cup, and uh, yeah, we'll cross that gold bridge. Gold Cup and 
the League of Nations A League? Yeah, League of Nations Oh, they get promoted, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. League of Nations is interesting. Like, I follow the European one a lot more than mm-hmm. the, the For obvious reasons. One. Yeah, because <laughs> Ireland are now in the third division Ooh. of the uh, League Did of Nations. Did they get promoted? <laughs> no, we got relegated. Oh, they got relegated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Like, we... Uh, I, I, I think I've blacked out all the results they had in that first round of fixtures because... They were just so devastating. But I think it's a good setup. It makes, you know, friendly games are kind of boring. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes yeah, it, like it more worth it, you know. Meaningful games. That's yeah, what it's like all a, about. a bit of a structure to it. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. All right, um, we can't procrastinate any longer. The Whitecaps play Seattle this weekend. Nick, on a scale of 1 to 20, which is football manager style, how scared are you of the Sounders? So what do you mean by, is 20, yeah, is, 20 is most scared? 20 or is bravery, like, I'm going in, I 20 don't care. is um, change the sheets, petrified. Okay. And one is Zlatan level of, you know, I Not can giving. do what it, Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd say 15. Okay, 15? I'd go 15. Keisha, you're not a football manager fan yet, but uh, where would you rate it on 1 to 20? 16. Yeah, I'm up there as well. 17. Um, which meant we were always trying to be positive on this show, but how can you be positive about a team that's won three games versus a team that's lost, lost, three. <laughs> lost three games? Well, well it had been for the sum of the calls, we might have... It's true. We could, it's still demoralizing, though. Yeah, at yeah, the end of the day, yeah. but you could argue we're due. It's true. That's true. Regress to the mean, which <laughs> is one of your mean. favorite phrases. Um, international break. Good that the Sounders could cool down over that time. Yeah, good. Like, definitely, definitely yeah. get. And also, they have a lot of players that went away to the U.S. men's national team. Yes, they so do. Different coaching philosophy, different tactics. Like, I mean, it's all still very familiar, but like you know, they have to kind of adjust to something else and then have to adjust back to the Sounders. Yeah. So. Two of their most important players, Nick, that have been away were and who are also like leading on the the points chart for them is uh, Morris and Rui Diaz. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, international break. Hopefully they had some time to lose that form. Some of them did. I know Ladero. He participated well mm-hmm. in, in his international game. He still amazes well. me that he is part of the Uruguayan national team. Like he still play. Like he starts. Yeah, so, I like, mean, like he's. He's doing well. I mean, like, and I mean, look at his form in MLS. Yeah, it's true. I mean, think of a attacking center midfielder better than him. Ooh, uh, for Uruguay. Well, for anybody in MLS, really. Uh, like, who is uh, Pedro Morales? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but some of the most deflating moments as a fan, you know, walking away from BC Place after a game, has been after playing the Sounders, like the, the playoffs or any Cascadia Cup match the, where P- you've Portland, lost. for some reason, they, there's a little bit more joy there because there's at least a couple of you know interesting or memorable games. But there's been so many times where, like that time, Chad Barrett got like two or three goals or something against us um like and it's just anticlimactic is also the word i would use you know yeah. um it you know the, the team is the whitecaps team is brand new but you could this slipping block that's not a word could this like you know it is now it is now <laughs> what's the word i'm looking for banana skin could this banana skin of the sounders be re- remain even for this new team with this new squad i mean i would hope not because it's totally new but then i I mean, I look at how the fact is the team is still gelling. The team is still trying to find their footing. They're trying to find what they're doing. Whereas the Sounders, they seem to have a philosophy. I mean, with their coach Schmetzer, Schmetzer mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, he's carrying on from what he did last year. Yeah. He's making good tactical adjustments along the way. And it's an uphill battle. 
in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, Peter, they usually start slow, but three out of three. They're hot. Yeah, they're they're starting well this year. I don't know what it is. I mean, they haven't they haven't changed almost anything at all from last year in terms of their roster or anything. And I don't I don't know what it is about. I, I don't really rate Brian Schmenzer as like a really tactical like, genius yeah. manager, but he's like I think it's I the fact that like the players seem very happy underneath them and they're all really unified and like the chemistry is really there. So I think maybe that is... He doesn't seem like a master tactician. No, I wouldn't say he's a master tactician, but he's a strategist, you know, and being a strategist is being addressing not just the tactical aspects of it, but also the logistical aspects of it. Like like you were saying, like, are people happy? Yeah. Are people in the right place to have success? Like they've seen the departure of... A couple of key figures, like of that team, um, the two people I'm thinking of is Clint Dempsey's retirement yeah. mm-hmm. and Alonzo going to Minnesota. He was a free agent. I forgot about Alonzo. Yeah, so they like it's a transition, and he seems to be able to manage that dressing room atmosphere, that mm-hmm. that you know tactical transition too, um, really really well. Like they've made it to the finals like twice yeah. in recent yeah. memory. Right. The like, one thing I will say is they don't have a, they don't have as much depth. Anymore mm. as they did in previous years. I remember when you used to look at their bench previous years, they'd have like Rodriguez on the bench, Svensson on the bench, like yeah. so many really good players on the on, on, on the bench. But like now, they since they've lost Dempsey and they've lost Alonso, mm. they do have a little bit less depth. But I don't think they have any injuries. I'm aware of. Well, so. the thing about like an MLS team in the summer, you can strengthen a lot more than in other leagues, like a mid-season strengthening because of the fact that contracts go out in Europe in July so you can add someone. So there's always that factor. And Seattle are the kind of team that can draw a big player in, right? Like yeah, I mean, like they, they the did that marketability. with Ladero, right? Yeah. He came in mid-season and yeah. he basically... Diaz, too. Like, Diaz, yeah. I'm sure, much like we talk about Atlanta and to a certain extent Minnesota being able to attract people with with like off the field stuff like stadium and fans and things like that like Seattle are definitely up there with with the way fans that they can sell and their, their culture yeah. Yeah. right and Seattle is a nice, it's nice a great, place it's a great too. city I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, their first game of the season Seattle they hammered Cincinnati 4-1 on the opening day that was the day that we thought Boston was probably not going to have a good time of it but it just turned out that Seattle were way too good it was a great result for mm-hmm. for Seattle but you know Cincinnati's inexperience. I think it was more, yeah, Cincinnati's inexperience in coming into the game. Yeah. Uh, The second game was a 2-0 win against the uh, X-Caps, or the Colorado, (laughs) as they're (laughs) properly known. I thought Cincinnati is also X-Caps, or Whitecaps 2. Is that... Yes, yeah. Because they're literally managed by an X-Whitecaps 2 manager. (laughs) Two good results so far. And the, the third one, I think, is... Probably the most impressive. impressive because it's a four goals away from home against Chicago right before the international mm-hmm. break. Um, yeah, they've just been scoring for fun. They've conceded one and they have scored eight. <laughs> you know, it's... Oh, sorry, they've conceded three and they've scored eight. Um, yeah, they've just been on fire. It's hard... To, like, they're so well balanced too. We'll get to their squad makeup in a minute, mm-hmm. but like, those numbers just show you these guys mean... really mean business. Yeah. And uh, Morris and Rudy has three goals each, and Lodero has three assists. Yeah, I checked, and Rodriguez has two assists and a goal as well, yeah. so that's great. So <laughs> their yeah. two leading goal scorers combined are more than the entire Whitecaps team so far this season. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could put out another more depressing way of phrasing that stat. If Morris had one more goal, he would have the same amount of goals as the Whitecaps. Mm. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
<laughs> Back to being positive, though. Yeah, they, play yeah. a, they play a 4 2 3 1. It's yeah, very talk, established. Let's, let's talk about how we could. Let's not be super depressing. Let's talk about how we could maybe be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll identify some weak spots in, in a second, but a 4 2 3 1, we've played this formation. We've played against this formation a couple of times this year. Obviously, it hasn't gone mm-hmm. well, but you know, games have been have been close. Do either of you guys see anything in particular that is a reason we don't do well so far against this formation? I think it's because they these formations are picked by teams to be, get the best out of their... Usually it's an attacking set of players like that work together and mm-hmm. are very fluid. So maybe the Whitecaps defenders are having trouble tracking those that fluid kind of attacking core. Yeah, I think with the 4-2-3-1, unless... Like it, it, our 4-3-3 will set up well to defend them coming down the middle. But if our wingers don't track back, it puts a lot of pressure on the fullbacks and Seattle's wide players, which is Morris and Rodriguez... Can, will have space. Yeah, yeah, and that, that makes sense, uh, Nick, because of all the penalties that have been given away from wide, yeah. wider positions. Um, Mars and Rodriguez are formidable wingers. Although Mars is more like an inside forward than a yeah, a full I mean, out winger. He does like to come, like you're saying. He does like to come inside, and I mean that was like they were always they they seem to have had a difficulty in figuring out where to place him. Yeah, because he's not an out-and-out striker, he's really. not especially an, not up against Rui Diaz. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not an out-and-out striker, but he's fast, mm-hmm. and he's re- has reasonable technical ability on the ball yeah. in the MLS. Strong. He's strong. He's really strong. Yeah. So him, Ladero, and Rodriguez are the attacking three, mm-hmm. and like Ladero... It's kind of like back when we talked about Quintero. Mm-hmm. How do you defend against someone who can... Like could shoot or could pass, and yeah. you know can do either of them just as well as the other one, mm-hmm. and is so so dangerous. Just buzzes around, right? It's a defensive midfielder's nightmare, mm-hmm. and yeah. it would be fine if they were just passing to someone who you know was would run the ball into a dead end. But they're passing to these finishers or Rui Diaz, who's just like a little terrier who can run onto those through balls Rolls. really really effectively. Um, let's look at their center midfield, Svensson and Roldan. Um, mm-hmm. Just Svensson's been there a couple of years now. We know what he's about. He scored against the Whitecaps, yeah. uh, I think, recently. They're very solid, good passes of the ball, distribute well. Just They just get it. Their job is just to get it from defense to the attack, and then yeah. they just let the attack yeah. do what they do. Svensson's kind of dangerous as well when it comes to like outside the box. Yes. He scored a lot of volleys for Seattle. Yeah, I... Just looking at that team makes me wish we had that kind of a balance. Yeah. You know? Like, we don't know what anything is going to come from with the Whitecaps. But anyway, focusing on on Seattle mainly, let's talk about their back line a little bit. Brad Smith. Yeah, he's been he's been really good since coming. He's on loan from Bournemouth, I believe. And he, he's here till the summer. But he's been doing really well for them. I thought they, when they couldn't, they sold, or Joven Jones left them mm-hmm. and like after the 2016 mm-hmm. MLS Cup. And I thought that might be a bit of an issue for them, but they got Brad Smith on loan, who, you know, at first you look at him and you go, well, he might not be that great, but he's performed he's really, really well for them. Mm-hmm. He's already got, got a couple of assists this season. Yeah, he's definitely more attacking-focused, so, like, don't be surprised to see him more advanced even than the center midfielders. Yeah. 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 And um, Leerdam, Nick, on the other side? Yeah, again, I think he's another fantastic fullback. I think he's probably maybe one of the more underrated fullbacks in the MLS. Yeah. Um, just in terms of the technical ability of passing the ball, he can, and he's able to go from touchline to touchline. Really, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, in he, the center, they've they they had Marshall and Torres forever, but now 
the South Korean that he signed Kim, last season. Kim, Kim Ki-hee. Ki-hee, yeah. He's, he's very good at reading what's going yeah, on. Yeah, very well, very good technically, but uh, I think he, he also has to do a lot more covering because Marshall's lost a bit of pace Space, for yeah. obvious reasons. He's he's evergreen, uh, Chad Marshall, but um, Kim Ki-hee has to do a lot of the the second, you know, picking up yep. the, the through balls and all yep. that kind of stuff, but they, they work really well together. Mm-hmm. I personally think if we were to be able to get at someone, it would be through... Chad Marshall? Well, I think it's actually Kim Ki-hee because Marshall and will go be going up against Montero, presumably. Mm-hmm. And Marshall's just so experienced. He even played with Montero, for God's sake. I think Kim Ki-hee is the side that Montero should be yeah. should be focusing on I can a little bit. I on board with that. So then... Do you think actually that maybe we shouldn't play Montero because they our have... days instead? Yeah. Oh, well, there's no way Montero's not starting. Yeah, it's Montero has to start. Like, you think so? Yeah. yeah they put him in the promo video and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about how the rivalries are different from Montero. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing they've been marketing, which is actually very neat, is I think it's the first time two yeah, Korean two players, South Koreans, South Korean players are playing against. People were hating on that. They're like, "You're advertising the other team," and I'm like, "I mean, Inbom's in the picture." So okay, like, compared to how badly they were advertising other teams last yeah. year, this is a step, <laughs> is, <laughs> a step in the right direction this. for sure. And just to finish off their roster, that most likely will start, obviously. Injuries and all that. Um, there's a like, yeah, mm-hmm. anything could happen. Um, it's Fry in, in goal. Uh, yeah, fantastic goalie. Yeah. He saved them in the MLS Cup. He won them the MLS it's, Cup. It's fantastic save. He's such, yeah, yeah. I, me- oh, I remember that game when we got thrashed 3 0 in Seattle and it was like nil nil at the time. Montero had like literally a perfect free kick. It was like inch perfect and mm. Fry somehow got yeah. it. Great keeper. Game changing, game changing moment. Yeah, so that is their almost uh, impenetrable lineup. But yeah, I I think like what we're talking about, like yes, their attack is very good, and yes, their midfield is very good. But I think their defense does have chinks, and I think you know other teams. I'm hoping the Whitecaps will be able to exploit that. You know, like I, I agree. I see what you're getting at. I think it's. A team that's good enough to get to the back, back line, line can realize that the back line can be got at. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any team they've played so far has been good enough to get through the midfield or get through even like mm-hmm. k- keep the center of play away from their their attacking four you know, players. Yeah. yeah, like win those second balls yeah, that are happening. Control the midfield um, at the end of the day, right? Um, and I don't think a four-three-three is the best formation to control a midfield um, because you end up having four on three if if the dynamics don't work out properly. So so it's really important that the midfield stays compressed or they'll really easily get outnumbered by the 4-2-3-1 formation. But we can focus more on that when we get to the white cap section and how we think they should set up. Yeah. And it's that time of the week. It's Do You Know Who I Am? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, gentlemen, do you know who I am this week? There's a tie-in. There's a tie-in. Okay. And you'll only realize it after the fact. So, as always, I will give you guys a clue. You guys can say stop. It's really important to say stop in case you say the right, or say the same player, or say someone says something before the other guy. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. Okay. As always, it's an MLS player, or at one point was an MLS player. Okay, I am an American former national team player. Who has played at three World Cups? Stop. Mm-hmm. 
Clint Dempsey. It's Clint Dempsey. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow, that was uh, that's a record, I think. Anticlimactic. That, that, that was a shot in the dark. <laughs> but that's a good shot in the dark. It's either yeah. what, like Clint Dempsey, maybe like Demarcus, Chris, Demarcus, Chris Wondolowski, Chris Wondolowski, yeah. Brad Friedel, maybe. Yeah, wow. Tim Howard. Tim perhaps. Howard, maybe. Yeah. The other clues were: I started and finished my career in MLS. I played for two Premier League teams, both in London. That would have given it away. Yeah. yeah. Um, I scored the winning goal against Juventus in the Europa League quarterfinals. It's a lesser known fact, but it's a fantastic chipped goal. Mm. I think it was one of the first games I ever watched like live. Not, not at the stadium, but like watched it on TV. Mm. It was fantastic. Um, I have 57 goals and 141 international appearances. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I'm a proud Texan. Yeah. yeah, that I got it as well. Both teams I played in or played it for in England were white, so Spurs and mm, Fulham. Um, I have a rap album, and my nickname, he has a rap, he has a rap album? album, and my nickname is Deuce. Actually, I don't know if it's an album or a single, but he definitely has. I some... think we should end this section with his rap album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's we'll good, if it's good, we'll put it in. We'll do a special <laughs> review. That's the whole. That's the next next international. Two thumbs break. down, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> next international break. We'll uh, we'll do a. Uh, uh, footballers music review, review podcast. Oh yeah, I think Michael McCall might want to jump in on that. That would be pretty on, good. He's big on that. All right, and that was this week's. Do you know who I am? Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. All right, Whitecaps time. Um, it says here on my piece of paper, Peter strongly takes back the 3-5-2. I do take it back. <laughs> Would you like to mount a defense for, for why you proposed it in the first place? No, actually reflecting on it, I, I don't have a defense. <laughs> now, now you know why we at, we at this previous show... Every time we, we love... I love the 3-5-2. I don't know a bigger fan of the 3-5-2 than you, Nick. But... The Whitecaps can never seem to play it well. Dos Santos loves the three-five-two, though, and I don't think I I'm, don't think it's the last time we're going to see it. I don't think so either. <laughs> but like horses for courses, and the Whitecaps are not a horse that can handle course it. that three-five-two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with wingbacks, that's not a course that the Whitecaps can handle. Um, a couple of injury updates, injury updates, and squad stuff. Andy Rose is out with a concussion. Um, Ali Adnan, today was his first training session. Yes, I think very he, smiley, very he, smiley. I man. watched his video, his like, you know, he's very happy to be here. He looked very happy to be here. He actually said in the interview that he wants to be here more than his four months. That's which, good to hear because which is good, his which, loan ends well, in the summer. Wasn't he kind of, for lack of a better word, dicked around in Italy? Yeah, he like, did really, the club he was on loan with really didn't yeah. treat him well. At all, and then he was supposed to come here, kind of like. But he only wanted to be here for four months. I remember, mm. I remember that coming out. But like, his what he said today was he like is in love with the city. Oh yeah, wants to like be if here, you're joining the Whitecaps, longer. if you're joining the Whitecaps, what better time to join the club <laughs> than late March? You're, you're gonna get like two weeks of rain between now and the end of the summer. Hey, October's gonna hit him. It's, uh, it's blue sky yeah. right now. October's, October's gonna, gonna hit him like a brick wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, other squad news. But by then you've signed the contract. It's true. Yeah. His, uh, yeah, it's very very smart. Play. Russell Tybert uh, injury, mm-hmm. and then Brett Levi's is back in full training. Mm. That's very good news. So that's good. Um, Cornelius didn't play gr- or didn't make any mistakes against in, in the national team game. Yeah, um, he didn't was give quite away good. a penalty, which is nice. Yeah, no, he was. He was passing well as well. Neither did you know. Henry. But yeah, Neither did Henry. Like, that's a good 
you know, is this the future CB pairing or is the future now? That's the, oh, that's the question. Interesting. You guys have sold me. Let's go back to the 352. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. 433, please. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I think it's for the back. I think for the back for sure. For the back. Five four one. That's that's been out of style for a while. Um, probably not. Yeah, maybe not. Okay. Um, Ali Adnan, if he can start, great. I, if not, we can play. Yeah, I think um, he should start. Why not? I, yeah. I don't. It's mid-season for him, right? It it is mid-season for him, and he hasn't played much since since he was on loan in Italy. So I mean, yeah. there's no other than like his fitness, which. I mean, he got here Monday, so... I mean, yeah, it, it's but, a good point. But you never know, because the Whitecaps have, have a tendency th- to sign players, and we never they never see the light of day. I mean, that yes. always happened yeah. with him, yeah. but like we've had players that were like, they've been signed, and they're not fit, and they're not fit for the whole season. And Yeah, I, if he's ready to go, I think slot yeah, him right him in, in there. there. Mm-hmm. Um, with a, in a back line with Cornelius and Henry, or maybe Godoy and Godoy Henry. Godoy and Henry, Godoy yeah. And Godoy and Henry. And then Norwinski at right back. I would like to see Nerwinski. Right? Yeah. yeah, like we really need the back four to gel. Yeah, like, get minutes together, and once Adnan seems to be the missing piece, so like that's going to be our backline, our go-to backline. Hopefully, maybe a centre back shifting in and out based on form. Yeah. yeah, but I would like to see that unit kept together, um, and this will be a acid test against. Like if they can get a clean sheet, imagine the momentum they will have if they get a clean sheet. I guess it's back if line. They, yeah. they had the, I would I will be I will stand up applauding if they <laughs> It'll be yeah. one of one of my predictions, I hope. Um Nerwinski Sutter is the only kind of backline spot that we could probably have an argument for, but Nerwinski I think has earned it still. I, I made think, a couple of mistakes, but Yeah, I mean like Sutter gives you more defensive solidarity. You know, he's more he's yeah. older, he has more experience. Yeah, I mean, versus Norinsky, which gives you more going forward. I feel. I feel you like know? you have to invest in Norinsky though, because the whole, especially since, I mean, like this game is important, but still, like the instability of the team, like you still have to, you, he might as well be there in this instability. You have to, like, we're yeah. trying to help him develop. He's he's still young. He's like twenty four. Yeah, he has to get up and yeah. stand up at some point, right? Like, it's true. Like, it's a good point about win now or invest to the future kind of a thing and the long-term project which i hope um you know mark de santos is on board with and norwinski is on board with is that norwinski is that player going forward you know mm-hmm. c- circumstances could change but like he i i haven't seen anything any cause for concern of his long-term yeah um, no i mean i know mark de santos wanted to bring in a right back he was he was or i don't know there were rumors that he they were in johan larsen who's a who played in the Swedish division, but then he ended yeah. up going to League One. But I mean, so if if he had come in, then you know you're saying like we want solidity, we want to win now. But if signing Slaughter, for example, is a total like same as Sean Frank from last year, it's like a backup. It's a backup, and yeah. it's meant to help a player in front who's reaching their wins. He develop. But the emphasis on fullbacks, Nick, is really important because of the four three three, right? Like, yeah. The space is in front of the fullbacks. Yeah. So you need a player who who can who handle can that go space forward and. Use that space and provide crossing mm-hmm. or provide passing or provide you know overlapping opportunities for yeah. the winger um and i mean i didn't feel that sutter was necessarily the best at providing that from what we've seen no i don't think so so far um i mean that's maybe that's not his natural inclination too 
Like yeah, the, I I have a pitch for you guys, and I'm interested to hear what you say um, about the whole fullback overlapping and not overlapping, and mm-hmm. also and, and and how it ties into how a team attacks. Right, if we had Eric Hasley here or um, Kai Kamara, for example, mm-hmm. the fullback would be behind the winger, so further away from the goal, crossing the ball in. Correct, like across from deep that that the <sighs> yeah. target man can get to. Right. Sometimes to the byline, but, but sometimes quite often byline, yeah. they could just cross it in from a deeper position. We have Montero, who isn't a target man. Mm-hmm. It's like a he's a yeah. finisher. So the fullbacks need to overlap even more than last year because yeah. we don't have that target man inside. And you generate quality goal-scoring opportunities with the type of players that we have by getting to the byline and crossing it back or working the ball inside and finding mm-hmm. a gap or a channel or something like that to work to. So the role of the fullback... Without even touching on the formation, the role of the fullback has gotten just that more, more, just that much more important because of the type of attackers that we have. I think it suits the fullbacks as well, the ones that like Adnan and Nowinski, to rather than cross. I mean, I know that Nowinski's done a lot of good crosses and stuff, but I think I remember tons of like, his best moments were like on the pitch balls, yeah, directly to the feet of our players. Yeah. Mm. Um. The, this is a derby game. It is going to be nervy and probably quite physical. Mm-hmm. Are we concerned about the physicality of the Whitecaps team? I don't think they're actually... I think they can stand up you know, physically to anything that's thrown around. Like I, Ch- Chad I, Marshall I, and Svensson? That kind I, of like, Morris listen, is a winger I, who's more physical than most Whitecaps players. I don't have any problem... In terms of like, what kind of physicality are you talking about? Like shoulder yeah. to shoulder. Like, are you talking shoulder to shoulder, or are you talking about pace? Shoulder okay. to shoulder. Like shoulder to shoulder. Even even that. Like, I don't. I think they will be able to stand their ground. I don't think that they're gonna, you know, just get blown over by. Yeah. I th- Morris coughing on them or anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Seattle is. Seattle's players, I think, are better phys- physically. But what I, what I want to see is like grit, like yeah. Concacaf. Style like yeah, no, grit. like 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 I don't I don't care if you lose the ball in a at least you know, fight a 50, for it. fifty run after him and fight yeah. for it. Like yeah, like but that's but then that's it gets all into can... the mentality. And I think Mark Santos definitely will be working on installing that kind of a a mentality. And it's a derby game; it's a huge deal already. Add to that the fact that they have lost three on the bounce. And like they need a result, you know they, or the white girl. I should say we need a result. The, the, the casual fan. Joe wants a result. Want. Joe wants a result. Okay, there I said it. <laughs> but like you know what I mean, right? It's, it's yeah. It's more good to get. It's good game. to get a result, especially a result that has some say in the standings towards Cascadian Cup, and also some say perhaps in you know playoffs and, and things like that. So of course this is like an important game to win, and I mean. Every game we should want to win, but we also shouldn't. We should keep in mind the fact that this is more of a long term project than, say, winning here and now. It's yeah, true. I think I think it's, it's a long term project, so I don't expect. And Seattle's a really good team, so it, it, it's a big game, and I, a win against Seattle would taste so much better than just what, given the circumstances. But what I want to see on the pitch is like the grit and like yeah. the effort from mm-hmm. the players because I mean even if they lose if, they, if they're showing 
to I'm, the 90th minute. Like they're still fighting. Yeah. That's what I want to see. What I, you know, it's it's like the thing that I want to see is the thing that like Tybert standing up to Clint Dempsey. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like that's kind of what you want to see is like okay, yeah, you're Clint Dempsey and you've done all these fantastic yeah. things as we learned from and who it lives you know. long in the memory of the fans. And, and and like yeah, like he's he didn't back down. He didn't walk away. He stood face to face with him and, you know, showed him that, no, I'm not going to run away. That's this is kind of like, I assume, what yeah. we want. Definitely. And there's a benefit of this being a home game rather than an away game. Because if it's an away game, a lot of people will just look at the result and be like, oh, the Caps probably rolled over if they lose the game, right? But at home, you're in front of 20,000 people. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a chance for every player to show. To make an impression. Yeah, to make an impression. Even given, the, even given their form, I still think it's probably going to be sold out. I mean, it's yeah. it's against Seattle, and like people mm-hmm. did the, the pack deals before where they buy yes, Seattle. Like, I. There's gonna be twenty seven thousand people there, and the Whitecaps just need to show, like, regardless of the result, that like yeah. that they're having that grit, having that having that mentality is is showing progress, yeah. regardless of mm-hmm. how the result goes. We talked about the Whitecaps backline already. Uh, who do we see in the midfield now, knowing that uh, Andy Rose is is out injured? But with that and the fact that Tybert he got injured in the Canadian in the national really? team game so with those two out I mean you can probably put the midfield together for yourself unless yeah. you play one of the homegrowns it's Felipe Aris and Huang yeah mm-hmm. that sounds uh, solid uh, to me they, they each fulfill a role arguably it's our best arguably it's our best formation on paper yeah I would have liked to have seen Tybert but you know yeah, yeah I think Rose and Felipe are in a in a battle there for one spot because yeah. Hwangin Bum is not going anywhere. Arisa no, is the just... only player who does that job. Yeah. So I, I agree with that midfield. The front three is probably a little bit more interesting to talk about because we do have options there. I think for Marcus' ability and you know personal reasons, Montero is going to start, but who do we see in the other two spots? Or Nick, do you have other thoughts on that? We were talking about it a little bit earlier where Montero, okay, is he going to be able to match up Yeah. Phys- physically? Yeah. And I think it's actually... My answer would be no to that. But what does our days offer that Montero doesn't? I think maybe he's a little bit more physical, maybe a little bit more pacey. But if you um, want his first physical battle to be against like a solid center back and one of the most seasoned center backs in the league, like that's a that's throwing him in at the deep end for his first I, I, start. We, we have to see our days though, because this happened last year with Blondell, is we didn't mm. play him. It's a good good point. And yeah. like the, 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 they're they're going to struggle in their first few games. So if you only give them twenty minutes, they're just going to continue yeah. to struggle. Yeah. So like I I find like I I think like and he's somewhat of a unknown, you know, for everybody, not for only, everybody, yeah. not only for and, and that could else. be. Yeah. Uh, to benefit, you know, like even if he just gets the goal in the first, you know, twenty minutes because they don't know how to play with play against him. Hey, I think one of the most dangerous things the Whitecaps have against the Sounders is how unpredictable they are because they're not they're a brand new team and you don't know. I mean, yeah, Marcus Sanders threw it a three five two against Houston. Like you don't know what he's gonna do. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's that, a very valid point actually. Could we see our days in one of the winger roles rather than the striker? Can you play a winger? Are you probably like, in the front I mean, three? It's so can. fluid. He probably that you could. could. I, th- I think Bangura is starting. Yeah, Bangura. Yes, I agree. Um, the other side, maybe Reina. Yeah, traditionally uh, does okay in these good in these big games. Do we want a four three three? I think so. I think yeah. four three three. Because I, I think you could always throw out more the for the off the ball reasons. You could throw out the Carl Robinson four two three one with Reina in that center forward cam role. You could. Yeah, you you can you adapt. Could do that. 
But then, I mean, in that case, you're taking you could out just Felipe match. and you're putting in Huang and Arise underneath. Yeah. And you put Bengu or yeah. But I also think as well, like, our CMs that we have are not suited for two no. CMs. And Huang has played DM for South Korea, though. When you're matching up, though, like, man-to-man against the midfield, midfield. I don't think that would be a good... Yeah. You want an inverted pyramid, not a pyramid, because they'll That's be playing true. a pyramid. Like, you want to match one-to-one, right? Like, how many times have we seen them have the extra player and just mm-hmm. do a training ground exercise around the players trying to close you down, right? Especially when closing down is such a big emphasis that DeSantis has. I think 4-3-3, three, three, that's, yeah, that's okay. my, my gut feeling. But, you know, Mark Santos maybe he brings out the 3-5-2 again. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he goes like what you suggested, 5-4-1 or something. 5-4-1, for, yeah. Something crazy. He's already shown more tactical flexibility in his three games than... Carl Robinson has in a lot of his. That's being slightly unfair to Carl because he did evolve a little bit, yeah, um, yeah. or go the other way. Four but. one. He 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 liked the four at the back, but he changed it up. Yeah, there was a four two three one, a four one four one. He yeah. tried three five two a couple of times. It was four four two for a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, I three games and there's already been two formations. That's a pretty good indicator that his he's willingness willing, yeah. to try things at least. Absolutely. Okay, so. If if it's Montero slash Ardes in the center of the attacking three and Bangura on the right left, they switch so often. Who do we see on the other side? Reina. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Reina. And anyone we see could impact off the bench potentially, like uh, Venuto, maybe you know uh, PC coming on. I don't. I don't think PC will be coming on, but I could definitely see like you know Venuto coming in. Maybe even a homegrown. Center yeah. mid coming in. I wonder how David Norman Jr. would do in, in this. He's a, he's kind of a Samuel Piet kind of like pit bull style player. Like maybe have him as the DM. As the DM. And maybe push Arise more further forward. If they really wanted to do like a... If they want to be really defensive, they could play... Not play Felipe and play playing David. I mean, I, this is probably very unlikely, but... Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. And it's hard to predict at this point because... You know, like someone could get injured and then... We could the lineup could be set in stone because that one injury changes how the entire team would work, right? Like if a, I'm thinking, if Arise gets injured, what are we going to do, right? Felipe can't play that role because he's not defensive enough, I don't and think he doesn't I read the Tyra space. Play that role. I mean, Tyber could play that role, but less efficiently, less if less going forward. Yeah, like he could retain possession. If Arise gets injured, and, I'd put in one of the home grounds. Baldissimo and Norman are both yeah. highly rated. And they're both really young. Especially so, I mean, if they're doing long-term thinking. Yeah. yeah. But not not win now. The Philadelphia, definitely. New York Red Bull style kind of. Yeah. yeah. It works. Yeah, and New York. Throw and your, I mean, throw your kids in, in. Like the Union just won 3-0 against Columbus. So, yeah. And they're doing quite well. And New York Red Bulls is... You know, I think they good. lost against Orlando. They're not great, but this, this season so far. But they're consistently good. But they're consistently good. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let's get our prediction game... Uh, rolling and i'm very excited for obvious reasons but we'll we'll uh, get to that at the very end um last week's predictions or last time's predictions i should say gideon said that there would be a goal in the last 15 minutes that did not happen it was two minutes before the last 15 minutes um Nerwinski would have three interceptions he didn't actually play and seren would get a yellow card he didn't play either so um i think you should get minus points for for <laughs> suggesting that's, people who won't play but that's, that's just a bit me. harsh yeah uh peter you said that kerpo would have five saves he had three saves huang would have 86 percent pass accuracy he actually had 90 yeah. very rarely do we predict too low a pass accuracy Damn it, huang. <laughs> <laughs> miss three more passes huang. come on uh you said that martinez would have two key passes and he just had one. Oh. 
Uh, Nick, you said Ingbom would get an assist. Unfortunately, no. It's coming. <laughs> it is coming. Elise that would get a goal. That's Albert Elise. Uh, that did happen. Congratulations. Tybert would get three tackles. Tybert didn't play. And Joe, what happened with you? Yeah. What happened with you? Oh, Montero would get a goal. Yeah, that, that did happen. Elise would get an assist. Also happened. Both teams to score in the second half. Yes, it did. The perfect hat trick, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll give you. I'll give you a clap. <laughs> Season standing so far, I have four points. Nick has one point, and Peter and Gideon are sitting on goose eggs. Let's get your predictions for this week, starting from the bottom of the table. Peter, please. <laughs> um, I has, my predictions this week are that both teams will score in the second half. Okay. <laughs> you can read my predictions. Out playing, will, playing will have an eighty-eight percent pass accuracy. Sticking with the pass accuracy. I'm sticking with playing in the pass accuracy, and there will be a set piece goal. Okay, Nick? I think Ladero will have an assist. Arise will have four tackles. Um, and I will also go with Crepo will make four saves. Okay. I'm going to say Jordi Reyna will get an assist. I will say that there will be a red card in the game. Ooh, and that's a good call. That's, that's a, a good call. call. And the Whitecaps will have 42% possession. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tune oh. in next week to see how we did. Gentlemen, where can people find you online to hurl abuse? Uh, at SpaceAgeRobot56. At Peter Hickens, that's on Twitter. And you can find me at JoeDCVan. Thank you very much for listening to episode 332 of the AFTN podcast. Enjoy the game. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?